This episode of The Full Nerd is sponsored by Avast. Avast has been a global leader in cybersecurity for more than 30 years and is trusted by over 435 million users. Avast One is their best protection yet, giving you everything you need to take control of your safety and privacy online, and it's an and it is accessible through a single, easy-to-use interface. A free version includes essential features such as free antivirus, free VPN, and free firewall protection, while the premium version has even more advanced protection. Learn more about, about Avast One at Avast.com. In this episode of The Full Nerd, all things Windows security. Welcome to a special episode of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with special guest, Mike Densiglio. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to be controlling the horizontal vertical. For everyone on the audio uh, portion of the podcast, uh, Mikey just waved. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Hi, everybody. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you know, I will say, I, uh, Mikey and I did a, a video. Uh, we, we go way back known each other since i was trying to think i was like 2000 or, or uh, 2010 i think is, is yeah 2009 somewhere in there uh we used to work together we we did a, a cool video about tpm uh a couple months ago you should go watch it it was a fun video uh but something i didn't say in this video that i, I do want to say now is that mikey was there when i built my first pcs uh both personal <laughs> and work pcs really so my, mikey helped me out he's uh he's w one of the people i have to thank for for having the confidence to uh to build a pc so what was the first pc you built that am i i uh uh i think it was a i think there were 2500 or, or 2600ks with uh gtx 960s uh, i'm no, no 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 460 i'm sorry 460s was not yeah. a bad little box yeah because I, I remember I, I I built two PCs at work on on a carpeted floor. <laughs> it was it was low pile. It was low pile. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. And then and then I used <laughs> pretty much the same template for my personal PC as well. Uh, so, but but just cheaper parts. I think for work we got like twenty six hundred Ks, and for personal I got like a twenty five hundred non K or something. I, I I can't I can't remember exactly. But you know I think you can still use it for some things. But I really do feel like. It's it's way too old at this point in a lot of things. You know, it's just the USB and PCIe and all that SATA, and there's so many things. It's just it is time to sort of dump those 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 Sandy Bridge boxes. But maybe the most important reason to throw it overboard is it doesn't support any modern security stuff. Look at that segue. No, there. there we go. Well done. Very nice link. <laughs> So, and I, I, that's probably a good place to, to kick this off because... Well, well, first, I would say, who is who is Mike? Uh, oh, yes. And, and wh why is he here? Why, why is he even talking about security with us? Yeah, so can oh. you... So you are a uh, CEH, is that correct? Yep, And can I you am. explain what that means and then also all the other billion little letters after your name, too? So, <laughs> so uh, acronym, acronym, acronym doesn't really matter what I do is I, I work in information security and I have most of my adult life and I understand how to protect stuff and I understand how to attack stuff with the view of if I know how to attack it better, I know how to protect it better. Very much, uh, and, and not to be boastful, but my lightsaber would be purple. <laughs> Gordon, that's an analogy. I just Gordon looked that up. So for people who don't know and don't go to Wikipedia every day to see what the update was that morning... <laughs> 
Mace Windu, Samuel L. Jackson, the Samuel L. Jackson, the reason his lightsaber was purple instead of green or blue, we are we are leaning so hard into nerd stuff right now, <laughs> was because Mace Windu's lights, he actually dabbled a little bit in sort of like understanding the, the dark side of the Force, and apparently he destroyed some creature, and then he reassembled it, and then thankfulness, they gave him a special lightsaber crystal. So that was the that's the backstory. That Wait, I, I thought it was just because Samuel Jackson wanted a, a cool color. I'm sure that's what it is. But, you know, Star <laughs> Wars, the Star Wars fans will fill in that history, making stuff up to like, well, you see, a, a parsec is an axia parsec. This is what it means. Like, come on. This is like what one meter is one meter. But what part of your universe? Oh, no, no, no. It means this. <laughs> Star Wars fans. Uh, they will. Yeah. Of course, you know, like Star Trek fans are as bad, except. <laughs> We're older and lamer in some ways because nobody cares what we care about. I was in a YouTube well, conversation no, and it immediately turned into an argument about starships. I was like, oh, my God. God. Uh, I think Star Trek fans are all napping right now after seeing Captain Kirk launch this morning. Oh, oh did it? Oh, yeah. Did oh, he yeah. really? He did. Oh, my yeah. God. I didn't. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, uh, Mike Mike has been around a long time. He's, he's hacked a lot of things. Uh, mm -hmm. So he's here to talk to us about how you don't get hacked. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I that summary is I understand both sides. I understand the pen test and attack side. I understand the defense and protection side. And I think they're very complementary to each other. I, I don't think it's good to be a security expert without understanding both sides. So that's what all those kind of acronyms and letters mean, as I understand both sides. And I primarily teach, but I do right now. But I have done a lot of other things in the past. Um, and who knows what I'll do next? I don't well, know. You know, it's, sorry, since we're already kind of off the rails, it, do you own any white hats? Also, why is it a white hat as opposed to a... Uh, it, it could have been old, anything. Um, it's a cowboy thing, right? Yeah, the old like spaghetti westerns where they had to delineate between good guys and bad guys, so uh, they always had all the uh, good guys wore white hats and all the bad guys wore black hats. Uh, that That was where that... Or, uh, originated and yeah i've got a a couple of uh, mannequin heads up there on one of the shelves that you can't see that are wearing all kinds of different hats and you don't want to see the mannequin heads because that's <laughs> going to totally derail this entire stream <laughs> i was i was just thinking that there's like it's like there's no way it's dusty it's dirty it's like the wind is blowing you're not going to have a white hat it's like what, that kind of made up hollywood kind of like no way yeah. you would have been like tan at best you know like uh, yeah. Well, we, we got we got a ton of good security questions from you fine folks uh, over on Discord. Uh, please put them in the the live chat chat right now. But Gordon, let's let's start with some of yours, and we'll uh, yeah, we're just gonna pepper this uh, with with security stuff. So I think you know, obviously, the thing that is still you know burns a lot of people, especially on the PC, is a lot of the legacy hardware that that's getting left behind. So KB Lake and older Ryzen one thousand is. You know, getting thrown overboard. They just simply are not supposed to run Windows 11 officially. What? What's behind all that? <laughs> yeah, Probably listeners, he's saying money. The smallest violin, I mean, or <laughs> yeah, no, 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 money. It's it's just money, pure money. I mean, I, arguably, Microsoft is making a decision around security and infrastructure and and security features on on processors. But when it comes right down to it, looking at the detail, looking at what they're deciding and not deciding um, and whether it moves the needle or not, it's just purely it, it's a combination of 
They got burned by Windows 7 and having to support it for 10 years um, and having to write all these patches and test them on this huge, huge backlog of processors and frameworks and architectures. They hated that, and that's an extremely expensive endeavor. So they want to kind of cut their losses there. Uh, and moving forward into to Windows 11, they, they see an opportunity to do that. They they see an opportunity to hang their hat on um, TPM, although TPM doesn't really significantly, and I might be answering 17 questions, but I don't care. Um, it, the, the, TPM doesn't really protect in any significant way more than any other control. It's it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad control to, to have it in a system, but it certainly doesn't. It, it's not a let's just not support that in our OS because it's so un- insecure to have a system without TPM. That That's all garbage. That's all baloney. It's it's bottom line is it's it's cheaper for them, even though they don't sell gear directly, you know, uh, surface and things like that aside. Um, it's cheaper for them in the long term to just cut their losses and say, we, we made Windows 10 support this huge back channel of, of old architecture, and we shouldn't have done that because we because it's expensive for us to continue to support that. Windows 11, we can cut that off like we did with Windows 7. Do you, I, I, and I understand that there's a, that's the, a lot of people have that view too, because you, there's a lot of really old hardware on the PC. People tend to use things for 10 years or more if they can. Do you think any other the, of the, the security mitigations in the newer chips, though, might be worth it? I mean, there are newer features in hardware that they, they bake into the, the CPU that Microsoft works with AMD, they work with Intel, they work with Qualcomm and whoever. But is I mean, because that's definitely the thing they sort of presented as, like newer hardware is more secure, so you need to you need to leave the old stuff behind. It's not... You don't really buy all that totally? In theory, Gordon, all new hardware is going to be theoretically more secure than all old hardware. It's just how it is. You know, there's always going to be a little bit of improvement, a little bit of change, things like that. But in terms of cutting it off like that, no, I mean, there, there's nothing really that that's that's like dramatically drop off, especially where they chose they made that that line in the sand where they decided that delineation between this series and that series. There's there's very little architectural difference between any of those. They just arbitrarily, in in my opinion, arbitrarily made a decision around it. I I don't think that it's all bad though. I think requiring UFI to be enabled and requiring secure boot to be enabled. I think those are good things, and I think they protect a lot of people in a lot of different ways. But I also know that that is also a, a it's it's got a dual edge of it cuts off the long chain, and it's going to force a lot of people. To remain on Windows 10, I, I think majority, I think this is, you're all going to ask this question. I know it's going to be in chat, so I'm just going to answer it now. It's going to be another, I, we don't say the name of it, but it's going to be another V-word operating system. Oh, oh, oh. There has there has been plenty of conjecture about that. Is is this the next <clears throat> V-word? V-word. Please V-word. We don't, we don't say its name. We might, we might invoke it. Uh, well, real quick, we, we got uh, a five dollar super chat from VC Jester. Thank you so much. Said uh, when the nerd Discord helps out Adam build PCs, we spend a lot of our time telling him he's doing it wrong. Uh, assuming that that hopefully Mikey didn't do that uh, when I first started. Uh, <laughs> no, of course. So, uh, but on to a serious question. Um, the so you're, you're you're throwing out or you know a lot of these things called like secure boot TPM, U feed you know things like that. Um, there, there's a delineation between the things that Microsoft is trying to force 
on people to be able to run Windows 11, right? You can't upgrade to Windows 11 unless you have a certain amount of security requirements. But then there's also the things that you should be doing actively just to, to protect yourself. I know one of the things that, that I've seen from more casual users is uh, it are, are the things that Microsoft is forcing you to do enough to, you know, if I have all these things like Secure Boot and TPM, it, it, am I good? Can I just peruse the, the dark wilds of the web and not have antivirus or, uh, you know, a, any sort of other protection uh, enabled? Gordon, you want me to answer that or you want to? No, no, you, go, go for it. Because you know Gordon you're probably already knows exactly what I'm going to say, which is, you know what? It, the, the vulnerabilities before and after are exactly the same because they all come from here. If you click on random links that you get an email, if you think that you're going to get a million dollars from a Nigerian prince, if you think that you're going to install some download from some shady site and that's going to make all of your dreams come true, you, you were going to be doing that before. <laughs> you're going to be doing that after. And ain't no TPM in the universe going to stop you from doing that and stop it from impacting you. It ain't no UFI in the world going to stop that stuff from happening. And notice I'm not using profanity, uh, Adam, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's it does. Do they help? Do they move the needle a little bit? Yes. But is that the primary thing that 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 infects and, and impacts users around the world? No, it, it's not. It's social engineering is, is, is still a huge thing. And, no matter, and, and, and I, I would argue, I guess, on the other side, that Windows 11, if it gives people a false sense of security, a false sense of what you just said, which is, well, you know, I, I have TPM and UFI and Secure Boot, so I'm immune to impact. That's going to make security worse, not better. Yeah, no, that's that's a real it's it really is that human problem, right? Because you can't how do you convince people not to do the wrong thing? And there's no security product in the world that can convince them not to do the wrong thing. It feels like, especially when, you know, the wrong thing is promising riches, you know, uh, feeding other emotions that you want to feel at two o'clock in the morning. So it doesn't, uh, yeah. Lindsay Murray says, uh, uh, so are you, are you trying to tell me it won't be safe to click on the hot singles in their area now? <laughs> Ah, that credit card offer is not really a credit card offer. There's no Nigerian. No, no, Lindsay, Lindsay, no. So, okay, so then, yeah, it, it, to your point, like, what, why force these things then? Because it, it, I, I do worry, like you said, that's going to give a false sense of security. I, I feel like I've seen that in certain circles uh, already that it's like, oh, okay, this, this, is, this is so secure, so much more secure than Windows 10 uh that 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 i don't need to to worry as much then then why force it uh to to do this uh, you, and you really why, think it's why would money. microsoft force yeah, it? yeah 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 the the, the requirements I, and all that stuff i i genuinely think it's a combination of we're tired of testing the long tail of pc hardware um combined with it does have some noticeable impact um on on overall security but with tpm it, it's it's mostly about preventing um uh infection like rootkit and 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 data egress for data at rest with if you're using uh, TPM with BitLocker or something like that, which are arguably not really a consideration. Are rootkits a problem? Sure, but is a rootkit as much of a problem as Gordon and Gordon going and downloading free Office 2019 from some shady website, right, with a 27 letter uh, domain suffix? No, it, that that's the real problem. So Microsoft is doing it. I I don't think it's a pure greed 
play. I, I think to some degree, some folks at Microsoft absolutely believe that it's improving security. I try to believe that those people believe they're doing the right thing. Uh, and also to some degree, we haven't really talked about this, but ignorance. Microsoft sometimes, and not in a rude, nasty way, but in a true way, Microsoft employees, Microsoft engineers, uh, speaking from, from, from experience, they have cutting edge hardware, they have brand new software. That, that's all they use. They use new everything. So they assume people don't have 7, 8, 10, 15-year-old laptops. That, and, and that's not being mean. That's simply ignorance of the, 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 the ecosystem. They just don't get it that that's going to negatively impact that many people with that many systems. So that, that's where I think that's coming from. Hmm. Well, and my, my follow-up question is, because uh, we, we don't talk about it too much here uh, on the Fulner because it's more of a consumer show, but I, I know you're more ingrained on the enterprise side of stuff. Uh, d does any of this benefit the, the enterprise side? Uh... No. No. Okay. It's it's the same thing on, on the consumer side and the enterprise side. Yeah. Virtualization security was there in Windows 10. It's there in Windows 11. BitLocker in enforcement, there in Windows 10. They're in Windows 11. You know, code enforcement or code signing integrity or code signing enforcement and, and driver signing enforcement. They're in 10. They're in 11. The only thing it really means for uh, enterprises is that the very few companies that use and and this might be getting way off track, so we can stop if you want. Mm. Uh, the the few companies that use a specific version of Windows 10 called LTSC or Long Term Servicing Channel are going to hate life because they are not going to get updates for at least another year or two. And even then, the updates will require entire new architectures. So they're going to be paying out the year or migrating to Windows 10 or 11. Hmm. So, uh, you know, one thing for people who probably aren't up to it, maybe we should explain what a TPM is, secure boot, as well as virtuals, virtualized based security, because that's that's been the big, those are the sort of like big buzzwords around what's happening in the, in the 11, supposedly, but... Well, which one do you want to talk about? Well, a TPM, I think, is where everybody's hyper-focused on sometimes, I think, although that's only sort of a smaller portion of it. And the TPM is, what does it do in your computer? It just hides secrets. It hides secrets in a way that um, protects them against unauthorized eavesdrop or, or snooping or, or exfiltration. So like passwords, well, think of passwords, but not really more at a deep level, more like uh, encryption keys for your hard drive. If you're using BitLocker, the encryption key has to be stored somewhere. It would be best if it was stored in kind of a secret or not secretive, but a protected um, tamper resistant storage thing. So that would be TPM. So the computer, when you, you, you boot your PC, uh, it boots up. Uh, you know, the drive, everything is off the drive in order for the system to unlock your data that's encrypted with BitLocker. It's got to go get the key for it somewhere. And that's going to be stored in the TPM on your on your system where it's supposedly yep. safe. I mean, TPMs are fairly safe, I, I imagine, still. They're still designed to be very tamper resistant. And there's a lot of features of TPM, whether they're physical, like discrete TPMs. Or, or integrated TPMs that are in firmware or on, on like a CPU. There's a lot of features that are built in that you can read about, but but are documented, just not widely known, that protect against what we call hammering. They have anti-hammering technology. So if someone tries, if Gordon just tries to to unlock that that key from from uh, a, a TPM that he doesn't own, he only has a certain number of tries before the TPM self-destructs. In, in a manner of speaking, it just won't work anymore. Hmm. Hmm. 
Uh, and then uh, the other one is Secure Boot, which is so that's again you you turn your computer on. As I understand, a Secure Boot basically goes and and makes sure that the firmware that is on the devices that are being you know loaded into memory are actually what was when it turned off. I guess when it was securely stored. Is that uh, the correct way to describe it? it? It's it's like that. It's that and making sure that whatever operating system uh, it, the firmware turns control over to is a trusted operating system. It has to be digitally signed. So that yeah, so it's it's the right one. And then so the now the the driver signing is the other thing which has been around for a while too. Windows eight, I think, is sort of enforced uh, signed drivers, right? So that and those. Drivers, what's that, what does it mean to have a signed driver? So signed driver means digitally signed driver. So device drivers, video card drivers, whatever drivers um, have to be digitally signed so that they come from so, so that Windows knows the driver came from an authentic source, a trusted source, and it hasn't been tampered with by some hacker uh, between the time it got digitally signed or created and the time a user is using it. And and the reason Microsoft is so keen on those, and I quite firmly believe that they're in the right space here, even though it's a bit of a pain in the butt sometimes, is uh, drivers oftentimes contain malware, or they contain malware loaders or launchers that, that download or, or install other malware. And uh, drivers have been a vector for a long time in some parts of, of information security space. Uh, they're just not widely known. So so they've been a, a problem for a long time. So I'm firmly okay with Microsoft saying digitally signed drivers only, even though it's a pain. Yeah. Um, it's funny because people always assume that, well, it's just a driver. You know, I, I can't get it from the manufacturer for some reason. So I'll just download it from, I got your driver download.ru. Right? And it's always <laughs> like, I need this driver. I really need this driver. My stupid printer maker doesn't have it anymore, but I really need this driver. So oh, it's always the printers, right? Jeez. Oh my God. It's always the printers. It's <laughs> always the printers. Uh, and then, so like one of the, the big features it feels like, and, and arguably if you, from Microsoft's point of view, it's like, well, you, we can't run uh, these features on these older parts because it gets too slow. But uh, so when it, what does it mean to uh, virtualize the kernel? Like, I don't even, what does that even mean? You know, kernels what is on the corn. So I don't even know what, what is that? <laughs> corn on the cob. Mm, I'm ready for lunch. Mm, that's good eating right there. So, yeah. So, so virtualization, basically like virtual machines, um, Microsoft, uh, it, it's a brilliant, it's actually kind of brilliant and I'll keep it brief on this one, but, uh, brilliantly Microsoft for windows 10 said, how about we, we come up with a feature where, uh, when when folks want really like stronger security than normal, what we'll do is they'll they'll click a button that says something like enable virtualization based security. And what we'll do, we won't tell them what we're doing. What we'll do is we'll make Windows a virtual machine, like the machine that they brewed, that that physical thing, their desktop or their laptop. It's going to run a virtual copy of Windows 10, and we're also going to at the same time because we're now running. You know, essentially virtual machine, we're going to move the most uh, sensitive security parts of Windows 10 to a completely separate virtual machine running on the same physical device. And then we're going to heavily restrict how those things talk to each other so that only Windows components that are trustworthy, that are vetted, can talk to those really 
uh, important security attributes that are running in a separate virtual machine. So if you go download malware, if you you know install something, if you have some massive compromise of Windows, that virtual copy of Windows is what gets compromised. The stuff that's really important to protect is in an entirely different virtual machine. Is it perfect? No, but does it move the needle significantly towards having a, a more secure Windows 10? Yes, I think it does. So every feature we've talked about, you keep talking about Windows 10, and yeah. all of those features, uh, they are in Windows 10. So I guess that's sort of where they're like, what's what's new in Windows 11 that you can't run this on a KB Lake box on? You know, it just... The, hold on. I need... The microphone down. jack is on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Now you don't even get a microphone jack. Anymore. Yeah, you have a microphone jack. I wish I had one. Now, now we don't have a microphone jack. Whoa! <laughs> That's I, crazy. I, I can see that now. Uh, I, I really do see like you're like because you know a lot of people are like, man, you're like you're just making us buy new hardware. But is it is it so bad? Sometimes I think I I I and I'm one of those people. I wrote a story about this. I found some old moldy computer in the gutter. Like he did, it's good hardware. He did. I was like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this into a box somebody can use. Which, and yeah. you know, like when we throw stuff away here, I make sure, like, well, this somebody might use, somebody might have a use for this because there's always, there's no reason to put it in an e waste. I'm gonna make a machine somebody can use because somebody somewhere can use this computer. And I, I think that's the one thing that sort of hurts everybody the most because that's always yeah. been the strength of the PC is we always. We always honor legacy. Oh, you you yep. got a you've got a Clarkdale box. That thing is a POS. You should like break that chip in half. But somebody somewhere can use it. But now we're going to like yeah. You need to have like it's embarrassing. I I have to say for the first time ever, Apple will support more hardware than Windows. Right with I didn't Windows know eleven, that. it because you think about it, we you know it breaks off officially at you know eighth gen and up, Ryzen two thousand and up. Mac, they're they're supporting back to their older parts that like, oh yeah, we still support some of those things. Like it's just like it's it's actually really embarrassing. I think that to me that that burns me the most. Because <laughs> Apple's always one of that company's like, yeah, you can't load this version of Mac OS on your Xeon. It's like a dual Xeon Golf Town box, right? Well, right. you know. And they do that, but you know, we've made fun of them for years and now they can they can they they can rightly make fun of us, you know. So it's it's unfortunate and I think it's gonna wind up wind up driving a lot of people to either stick with Windows 10, because I don't, I still don't see that there's any compelling Windows 11 feature or, or functionality, or they're going to say, screw all of this, I'm going to Linux, and, and I'll just <laughs> drop Debian on there or or, or Ubuntu and and have and have a good time. Because I got to tell you something, I have a an X1 Lenovo X1 Gen 4, um, uh, X1 Carbon Gen 4 right here, and it screams on Linux. I mean, it's amazingly fast. And uh, Windows 11 uh, is not very secure. It says, you know, 6th gen, blah, that's garbage. You're dead to me. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, that's going to drive that kind of behavior. Not in a business environment, but I think a lot of consumers or a lot of, like you're saying, people that want to avoid the dumpster that still see the value in the device, I, I think that it's going to drive them straight over to Ubuntu. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, I've been saying this recently, and I realize it really does match this. It's it's like every four years here in the uh, United States of America, somebody gets elected, and whatever side of the fence you're on or the aisle, as you like, they like to call it, says, I'm going to move 
I'm going to move to to Canada. You know, well, one thing, Canada's population doesn't seem to be going up because all these people that say they're going to move to Canada because they don't like anybody, they never, like, Linux is Canada. I mean, I like Canada. Canada's great, right? But I just... I can write that down. Really, a lot of people, like, it's every every time there's something, there's that threat. Like, that's like, oh, that's it. I'm going to... Yeah, sure. And you check back in six months. What are you using? Yeah, I got this new uh, Tiger Lake... uh, Windows 11 machine, right? It's just like, uh, it's, I, I, they never go through with it. They never go through with it. And I'm not dissing no, 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 Linux right. or Canada. Right. Canada's awesome. So, but nobody <laughs> well, ever does poutine. it. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. No, Gordon doesn't like poutine. I've never had it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, real quick before we get in on the Linux train, because I was going to go there later <laughs> rather than sooner, uh, VC Jester gave us $10 super chat. Thank you so much. It said, uh, would a good analogy for Windows 11 and TPM uh, be like Microsoft taking the scissors away from us because boomer auntie Becca can't resist clicking links in her instant message? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, you win. There you go. VC gesture wins. <laughs> uh, nice. I mean, the boomer reference is just icing on the cake. That that is beautiful. But yes, absolutely, of course. It it it's like Microsoft. But you know what? They they forgot to take away the the uh, the 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 pinking shears and the um, and the other scissors and the other sharp objects that 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 our boomer auntie might hurt herself on. So Microsoft moves the needle a little bit, but then auntie finds another needle. And so it's a great analogy. I find, I really like that that analogy. I'm totally going to steal that and totally not give you credit <laughs> the internet that's, that's so nice. Every, everybody everybody <laughs> borrows uh but but i mean uh, back to what we, what we were talking about uh, it's a good point because uh boz even said uh microsoft designing new windows on new hardware isn't the problem putting a timer on when your older hardware becomes useless is a bigger issue people don't like and yes i'm Agreed. one of those uh absolutely yeah. So, you know, because it, it, that's the other thing is that Microsoft has officially said five years of support for Windows 10. Yeah. Going forward, the right? tech, they're saying in 2025 they're going to cut everybody off. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's got a sliding window. Which, so. yeah, well, because, I mean, at some point they have to. Right. And that's the idea. But but then we saw with what was it? Uh, uh, Spectre Meltdown where they had to go back to. Didn't they go back to XP uh, and issue? A, a patch there or something i, I can't remember there, there was something it went way back it, yeah it went way back and it was just like oh wow this is the first patch in x number of years right uh, j- just because it's it's that big of a deal well uh, that's a corporate cor- those are the big corporate customers speaking because you know consumers the f- fix for everything is to buy the next one but for you know if you're if you're fortune 100 with ten thousand seats as they like to call them ten thousand pcs you're <laughs> running windows 7 and I ain't moving, and I give you. You want to see this check? See all those? See all those zeros on that check? You want the next check? You are going to give me this patch, right? Is that? And kind of like that's what I've I was interpreting this because what the hell? Why is there in Windows XP patch? Because you know it's some bank somewhere running this ATM software on Windows XP, right? I mean, there's no reason for it. I could I could name the company, but I probably shouldn't. This is one of those areas, Gordon. There there is one very 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 specific company uh, that Microsoft deals with that there's at least three or four legacy features in Windows that that are still there in Windows 11 that are in Windows 10 that they cannot remove because that company does exactly that. Uh, did you want us to actually use your software? Then you'll leave that ancient archaic feature in Windows because we need it. 
Yeah, I can imagine negotiations every time is like, look, oh, you know, like, you know, you're the exact, you're the, you're the CIO there. Like you schedule your meetings. It's like, oh, hold, hold on. You're from oh, the people from Microsoft to here, sir. Hang on. Uh, okay. Thanks. Nice, nice talking to you. Uh, I'm going to walk you out and say, oh, hey, you know, so-and-so, this is so-and-so, uh, from Google. Would you, this is, uh, the person from Microsoft. I was just talking to them. I just like, just want to introduce you and then come on in. Let's have our meeting about not supporting our, our Windows XP boxes. You know, then they're yep. like, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're going to do that. But it, it isn't, they never do the move. They never, but. it's frustrating so i I, you know i know i don't want to feel like we're just bagging on microsoft because it's it's an easy target but (laughs) there is an advantage there is an advantage and and i say it all the time legacy is is the strength of the pc it's also a huge weakness of the pc i mean to have somebody running a 15 year old processor and chipset that hasn't seen a bios in a decade i mean that's that's a problem, right? I mean, how do you how do you get people to like finally sunset that ancient box that is like you should not even put that on the internet. It's so dangerous, but they still do. How do you get those people to let go because it really does Can you have the tent so big that you've got somebody running a Pentium 4 and running a, you know, a brand new Ryzen 5000? It feels like that's that's an insanely big tent. So uh, in information security, we, we there, there's a lot of things that we, we talk about, but one of the, the rules that we talk about to answer your question directly is, you know, is, is that computer safe or not safe? To, it depends. It always depends. It's always variable. So are there uses for that gear that's 10 or 15 years old? Hell yes, there is. I have an X230. I have a Lenovo X230 sitting right there. It's one of my favorite machines of all time. Does it does it use the, do I put it directly on the internet with no firewall and no defenses? No. Do I do I know that there's firmware vulnerabilities that haven't been met? Sure. What do I use it for? I use it to scan old pictures so I can get rid of the, the originals. Is, does it still have a lot of valid use? Absolutely it does. Do I want – is it going to run Windows 11? Hells to the no, it's not going to run Windows 11. <laughs> but, but do I care? Absolutely not. Uh, so you know you could always you could also argue to be to be honest, Gordon. You could argue, argue the point of the newest, most up to date, most patched thing is going to be the most resilient against the entire spectrum of of security vulnerabilities, and that would be true. I, generally speaking, I think that would be a very very true statement. So, um, but I, but I think that there's a lot of valid uses for older gear, lightly configured gear, gear with one gig of RAM. I, I'm not a big fan of, of, of Windows 10 machine with one gig of RAM, RAM rather, but I have to say that there's uses for those things. Um, so, I, but Microsoft can't bet on everybody understanding the security profile and the vulnerabilities and the risks. They have to bet on the least common denominator. They have to bet on our auntie, our boomer auntie, not understanding that she shouldn't click on everything she gets in her AOL email or she sees on the MySpace when she goes and clicks there. You know, she just doesn't get it. So so they're moving the bar to try to protect her to some degree, but they're still not doing what they would need to do, which is educate our auntie. Uh, well, r- real quick, uh, Mike, I-, I have a couple questions for you. Uh, yeah. Do you would, would you, this is just high level? Yes or no? Uh, essentially, would okay. you recommend uh, Auntie? I can't remember her name. Uh, Auntie Boomer or Uncle, <laughs> or, or Uncle Boomer? Uh, any any Boomer uh, to run antivirus on on their their machines? 
Yes. Yes. Uh, what about use something like a VPN if, if they need to uh, connect safely and securely to a public Wi-Fi? To public Wi-Fi? Yes. Uh, what about firewall protection to uh, keep your personal information secure and prevent attacks that seek access to your computer to steal your data? I feel like I'm working myself into a sponsorship here. Um <laughs> Yes, I I wholly endorse this product or service. <laughs> then you know what? You can check out a vast one right now from 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 vast the uh, the a leading a global leader in cybersecurity for more than thirty years. Like I mentioned earlier, they are a sponsor of this episode, so I I do want to stop to saying and in no in no way did me reaching out to Mikey to be on this podcast to actually line up with the Avast sponsorship I I'm genuinely being honest here I I reached out to Micah months ago to be like hey can I can I schedule you in when when you have some free time so it just worked out that you know we're talking about security here uh and yes the, these things are uh important to have on your system uh as well as things like data breach monitoring firewall protection ransomware protection PC speeding up smart scan things like that, that that's all in Avast 1 uh, for the free version, and the pre- premium version has uh, even more advanced protection. So go check it out uh, over at avast.com if you want to keep your, your PC secure. Uh, but I, I do have some more questions that, that aren't uh, sponsor-related. Uh, Mikey, thank you thank you for helping I, me out with that. I was asking genuinely, though, to, just to be fair. I mean, that, that wasn't like a sponsorship kind of, of answer. Seriously, uh, you, people should have firewalls on their on their hosts people should definitely have anti malware enabled people should, on public vpn i'm glad you said it that way and i'm absolutely yes that that that's that wasn't like a a, a sponsorship thing that that's absolutely true I, I did not prep mikey on that uh but yeah. we we have a question a, a pointed question from mike uh Brazone that kind of ties into this uh physical home hardware firewalls versus software services uh, can a security processor-based device make a difference? And what are the maintenance requirements? Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Good moving on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I, I'm a huge fan of firewall protection. It's one layer of defense. So the the biggest thing we can ever remember about using a firewall is not to to get um, over over assumptive about its you know perfection of protection. I like. I like hardware firewalls for some people, but they are a lot of maintenance. They are a lot of care and feeding. You got to update the rules. You got to make sure they're running. You got to make sure they're it, when when there's something that needs to be unblocked or changed. You have to do it manually. And like something like PF Sense is a wonderful piece of software, and and running on a dedicated hardware is amazingly powerful. But with awesome power comes amazing amounts of responsibility and curve learning curve. It's it's a hard thing to learn. Uh, so, but does that mean it's not good? No. Uh, does that mean you should ignore Windows Firewall? No, it's already there. You turn it on. It's already on, in fact, um, on almost every machine you're going to use. So is there something wrong with that? No. Is, is one better than the other? No, not not really. Not in the holistic sense of, the, of that. Very much, um, I'm a fan of both. If you're using both, that's great. One or the other, that's great. If you're not using any kind of firewalling between your PC and the Internet, you're not actually listening to or hearing me because your computer's already been destroyed by some hacker. 
<laughs> well, uh, which which leads me to uh, another good question from from Lindsay. This one's a serious one. Uh, is there okay. is there an article or something that we can send to older family members to help educate them uh, if we're not able to visit and kind of set these things up for them? What what do you, what do you think's the the best way to to reach out to Andy or, or Uncle Boomer and be like, hey, you should take these things serious. <laughs> Uh, that's a tough one. You know, that's a really tough one because there's been all kinds and I've been involved with some of the like educational communication style uh, reach out kind of stuff. Uh, and and it's hard because for, for every person that says they read it or understand it, there's somebody else that says I don't have time or it didn't make sense or so I, I don't think it's perfection as much. Honestly, Lindsay, it's it's very much about making sure that our, our our folks that don't understand computers or, or security as well, making sure they understand that bad people are out there and that they should be very cautious about what they click on, what they read, and what they act on. And if that means have them read something, cool. If that means conversation, cool. If that means we make them a grilled cheese sandwich and discuss it uh, over lunch, cool. Whatever, whatever works for you, for your relatives, for your friends, for whoever – just so that they understand it. If they could understand one thing, I think it should be don't interact with stuff on the Internet unless you trust it, because there are very bad people that want to steal things from you. Even if you have five dollars in your bank account, even if you don't have a Mercedes, even if you don't have this or that, there are still horrible people that want to steal stuff from you. Yeah, and I do want to point out too. This, you know, I know everybody thinks that it's it's our uh, it's our uncles and and aunts who have this issue. Young people have the same issue too, because of what I find with a lot of it's it's really not an age thing. It's really it's just simply not that sophisticated and realizing how wicked the world is. Because mm-hmm. my son's friends, like all the time, it's like, "What do you think, Dad?" It's like, "Why is this a scam? Are you kidding? How could he not know that's a scam? Right? What do you what the what does he like a kid? Oh yeah, he's a kid. He doesn't know like yeah, somebody's going to come steal your candy, kid. And they just don't know. Yeah. They just think like you know they get and it's 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 people that just they don't want to acknowledge the world is an ugly place. It and, is, and it's that's unfortunate. I mean, isn't that sort of like a, a problem we have too? Because you know, people don't want to. I don't. I don't want to have to think about like looking over my shoulder. A lot of people say, I don't want to have to think about looking over my shoulder when I come home or get off the bus or something. It's like, well, <laughs> you need to because on the internet, you're living, you're living in a big metropolitan high crime area, basically anywhere on the internet. There is no, there is no safe part of the internet, right? That's, yep. <laughs> that's true. There's got to be some way. Maybe they should just build like special internet where it's only safe and then you could go there and then. <laughs> Uh, may I recommend CompuServe? <laughs> Especially we have a sponsorship with them. <laughs> no, not yet. I guess. Oh uh, yeah, you're seven seven eight comma four seven two. I don't know if that's really going to work going forward because people might. Yeah. Whose idea was that? Yeah, I invented that. You I mean, invented the CompuServe address of seven random digits? Yeah, that's me. And a comma. <laughs> they won in a semicolon. I said, you got to use a comma. Look, I wrote down my login. It's right here. <laughs> Somebody's going to take a picture of that and they're going to, no, no, they're no, going to deco- me. Don't talk to me, bro. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, it, that I, was a punch I, I, card for audio listeners. He just held up a punch card. Old computers would read. They would 
Was it light? I guess it was light. It wasn't actually a mechanical device. It might have been mechanical. It was. It was they, a mechanical it device. It was mechanical. They would read the card, and that would give you your, I don't know, what, eight eight bits of, I don't know how much data is on that thing. So it's, well, It was it's an 80-column card, so I, I don't know, actually. But, yeah, it, it's a very small amount. <laughs> it's it's just funny. That's, <sighs> that's funny. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's no safe place. It's It's frustrating. And if they know that, maybe they're a little safer. That that would be my philosophy. Well, I, I would say you know, and th- this is one of the things um, that I I I was I'm I'm a, I'm stubborn. I've, I've been stubborn in the past. Uh, I'm a Taurus, uh, and and one of the things that I I learn by messing up usually. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where it's like you know, I, in in some ways, like the the younger generation isn't really going to learn until they mess up right but that's that sucks because if it's a big enough mess up it it could ruin their life so it's a it's a double-edged sword right uh yep so it's a damned if you do damned if you don't um some some more serious questions so um this is this has been kind of in the news recently supposedly i I saw an article somewhere that that it's even worse today that uh, windows 11 is running worse on amd systems rather than intel uh number one is intel just paying off microsoft just kidding that's not the real question (laughs) but uh, (laughs) the the real question is why why is this happening are, are you are you do you understand what what's going on here? Have, have you followed this at all and and understand the the differences? The fifteen percent performance drop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it has. Uh, there's something with Windows 11 where the L3 cache is something like <laughs> one third. It's 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 performance. You know, it's an early. It's 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 basically not optimized for AMD yet. And I know people immediately immediately use their jump to conclusion mat and said, "Well, this is." This is Wintel. This is what this one is. It's Wintel. It's Microsoft working to hurt AMD. I will also tell you that there was recently a a driver update for Intel Tiger Lake laptops that apparently um, fixed the one third of battery life that was killed with Windows 11. So, you know, it's a new operating system. It's and I I sometimes think that you know I, I uh, it's just it's new, right? Mm. We, it was made during the time of, of a pandemic, you know, oh. remote, remote coders. I don't know what that's like, but I guess that's <laughs> yeah. what we're seeing here. Okay. It's a well, Star Trek five. Well, that, then I, I, <clears throat> I was under the wrong assumption. <laughs> Star Trek five. Uh, I was under the wrong assumption. I, I thought it maybe had something to do with, with VBS. So, you know, Mike, I, I've, I've heard about this whole VBS thing and, it, and it's, it's tanking PC gaming performance. What, what, what is this? What, what's, what's going on? Um, I don't know. No, honestly, it's we we talked about what VBS or virtualization based security is earlier for for the machines that have VBS enabled. It it it's going to increase, you know, a VBS being there by virtue of it being essentially two separate OSs running on a hypervisor. Uh, so virtual machines, basically, it's going to reduce some amount of performance the the degree of reduction shouldn't be significant but to gordon's point it's likely a combination of systems that are already at a little bit of a lower performance grade and i I don't want to say that like holistic because i don't know the details of this but combine that with um early on drivers and early on implementation and also vbs at least in the windows 10 time frame i don't know how microsoft's positioning it for Windows 11, but in the Windows 10 timeframe, VBS is explicitly not a feature that you use on home or gaming PCs. It is an enterprise feature. It's 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 an it's in Windows 10 Enterprise. Literally, it's it's in Windows 10 Enterprise 
enterprise and edu, which education is same version as enterprise for Windows 10, it, it's it's a feature there that's not on by default. It's never on by default. You have to explicitly enable it. So I don't think it was ever intended for folks to actually benchmark it. Uh, to, so so I think that there's some of that um, playing in as well. I, I don't know all of the details. I, it might be a combination of all of those things that, that are hitting performance, but I'm genuinely surprised that people are running virtualization-based security on gaming rigs. That That's actually kind of shocking. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and I want to, I want to bring up where this probably comes back from is about a week ago, PC gamer, uh, Dave James over at PC gamer, did some testing and he saw like a massive 20 to 25%, uh, performance hit in some games, only some games, not everything. Uh, I actually have done some testing itself on windows 10 with VBS on and on a laptop. So not, not he used a desktop and I think I saw maybe 5%. Most of the time it was almost within margin and then maybe 5%, maybe there was like a very light, very light games. Um, maybe, you know, double digits and also Paul Alcorn over at Tom's hardware has done also some testing, a ton of testing, go read his story as well. Um, He's, his performance hit was actually similar to mine where he saw, you know, maybe, you know, five, six percent at that. And the whole VBS thing is, I think everybody, the press, the hardware press, we're the worst because we're, we're always looking for things to scream about. And, um, you know, you want to see if this is legit, like, legit going to hurt things because, and I do think this is part of the messaging Microsoft had with Windows 11. It was they were saying, "Oh, well, you know, VBS will be on by default on Windows 11 on on new machines that are fast enough." So everybody's like, "Well, let's see how harm how much it hurts these machines." And and of course, the crazy thing I, I want to ask you about is because for months we've been going on the assumption that this is going to be on the virtualized base. You know, base security is going to be on by default on every single new computer. And Microsoft's own blog says, like, oh, yeah, you may want to turn that off. It's like, if it's an optional feature, <laughs> what was the point, man? I just, I'm a little confused, really, sort of at the messaging, because I thought we were like, well, you got to take your medicine. You're okay. I'm taking the medicine. After you take the castor oil, the kid behind you is like, oh, I don't want to take it. Okay, that's fine. Don't take it. <laughs> what did I? What was, I don't understand. What is the, why would they let, have such this feature talk about, wanting this feature and then now let people turn it off in some builds. So it, you've always been able to turn it off if you if your build had it, virtualization-based security. But it reminds me a little bit of like, you probably, you're not old enough to remember, but like the Windows 95, Windows 98 days where the philosophy, and this is from Microsoft design and, 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 and you know, our, our Windows meetings, literally, and our philosophy was, if you have a feature that's important enough to be in Windows, turn it on. By default, it should be on it because otherwise, why in the hell are you putting it in Windows? And so VBS is a great feature for enterprise for specific requirements for for uh, defending it. By the way, just just to throw this out, the specific vulnerability it, uh, VBS is intended to uh, protect against is pass the hash. Past the hash attacks are extremely targeted, extremely sophisticated uh, uh, attacks that are only ever really conducted by people that know what the hell they're doing and have a specific objective and goal, not so that they can steal your fork knife password, not so they can log into robot blocks and 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 join some world. world. No, 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 no. This is this is this is this is government agency to government agency. This is Fortune 100 to Fortune 100 kind of stuff. And in those cases, what VBS is kind of 
completely not necessary. Um, I, I'm genuinely surprised, but it sounds like Microsoft with Windows 11, at least with this specific feature, is getting back to the, well, if it's important enough to have on and it sounds like it should be something that's on, you know, let's just turn it on. Uh, worst that worst happens is we tell people turn it back off, and and that's what it sounds like. I don't know. I don't have that that context. Sure. But that's very much what it sounds like. So, uh, what is exact? Can you what's a what's the quick uh, elevator speech for what a pass the hash attack is? Pass the hash or hash attack is when an attacker is able to compromise uh, some credentials on a computer and then is able to inject um, a hash where they know the plain text for that hash into that same computer using those lower credentials to gain elevation of credentials. And it's been a, a problem for Microsoft for a very long time because part of it is the design of, of Windows security has trouble protecting against that specific kind of attack. It's a it's a really interesting, and, and folks can read about it. It's, it's well-documented. It's been around a long time. It's interesting. It's very hard to conduct, and it's very effective when it works. Huh. Because the thing is... <clears throat> Maybe I'm paranoid, but I I have it switched on on my laptop. This is a it's got a you know corporate V you know a whatever V Pro processor in it, and I've got all that stuff because like well I better turn all that stuff on. It must be good, right? You go flip every switch on because it's a security feature. Why would I not? You want to work at Microsoft, man? I could get you an interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like it's a pretty rare attack vector used on consumers, though. So that's it, it's it's rare. It's with the consumer. It's easier to send them an email that they click a link on, or call them on the phone, or or just just put some malware in something that they're going to download anyway. Um, I, I mean, there's there's a trillion easier ways to attack uh, any consumer. Hmm. God. <laughs> um. Uh. I got a couple super chats I forgot to get to. Uh, another five dollars from VC Jester. Uh, thank you. Said uh, uh, the most common problem that they've seen with family members is that they tend to ignore updates. Should you should you always be updating your computer? I I know somebody who tends to ignore updates too. Because you know the updates I've heard. I've literally had uh, in laws tell me this. The updates are what um, infected my computer. This is ten years ago. I was like, Dude, what? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's so fabulous. we should be running what's the, how important is it to run updates and patches on their on their machines as a security there, professional as a security professional um i i would say it's almost it, it's one of the most important things that someone can do that's using the internet is keep their system up to date it's the reason why windows 10 home edition you you can't and probably windows 11 home edition you can't disable automatic updates you can usually postpone them you have a little bit of flexibility but you can't just shut it off entirely um it is one of the easiest and most straightforward things that you could do to protect yourself on the internet i i i with, with no other compelling reason you patch it the day after it shows up and that's that's every single operating system to android mac os you should always run updates it should always be. absolutely hmm. okay uh that's a good question uh another one from uh lassie berg gave us uh 50 danish crone thank you so much said uh windows 11 runs fine on my i7 6950x do you really think they will stop updates for my machine uh that's their question and my my add-on uh to that is or go go ahead and answer do, do you think they'll really stop um gordon and i might have a different opinion but i I think that you kind of right now with Microsoft changing a lot of how they're doing their their support, how long they're supporting these OSs, 
I I just don't know. I I, I hope not, but I genuinely don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I I would. Yeah, I, it feels it feels to me like that that whole thing was written by a lawyer. It, <laughs> it gives them their out, right? You know what? Yeah, you can run yeah. Windows Eleven on your Skylake box. Man, you run into some instability. Don't call us. It's not our problem, right? That's so. That's it. Feels like then because before because you do always have to think about you know lawyers. They're so fun people, you know, to have sue you. So I, it does feel like that's just sort of a their legal out to to mm. not. I would agree with that. I I think that they don't want to because writing that kind of code into Windows Update to do additional checks and caveats and catches, that's a pain in the butt for Microsoft. It makes testing harder. It makes it more expensive. So I don't think they want to. But to Gordon's point, which is an excellent point, Microsoft wants to be able to say, we're going to stop doing this or we're going to check for whether you activated your copy before we install updates. And they want that lawyer out in case they want to do that in the future. Um. So uh, my my follow up question to that is, is do you think because Microsoft did offer an avenue they're like hey if you have some of this older unsupported hardware you can install the you know uh, Windows 11 on it you're just not going to get updates uh, how how smart was that for them to do damage control <laughs> do do you think they'll walk it back and be like all right, all right we we'll give you updates or do you think they'll they'll hold the line with that and be like you know what now go ahead run at your peril and, and have fun my gut tells me and i'd like to hear gordon's opinion because sometimes it's very different than mine but my opinion there is they're going to do it as an unsupported thing if, if it works great and if it doesn't we don't want to hear your noise go away yeah i i i think of what an, a conversation adam told me about you had with him that you thought they were going to back off on a lot of the security stuff which i did i do feel they have because this comes back to the the big tent that the PC is, which is like, man, you're running a core two box. Do you really need to? Do, do you really need to? I mean, man, just yeah. think of it. You're running so many different processors, chipsets. The combinations of hardware that everybody then has support is huge. I mean, of course, it's always a bummer to be that core two pushed overboard. But it, yeah. I really do kind of wonder, like, if I were Microsoft, I say, man. We're competing with Google. We're competing with Apple. They get to shrink their universe all the time. And Apple can take everybody and say, oh, x86 into this lifeboat, cut the string, bye-bye, float off into the ocean, right? And then now, then now they have this, like, super fit. We only have this small universe of support. So then they can raise the bar like a low. It's like the console. Like, the lowest end could be, uh, you know, an eight-core box with this level of GPU, but on a PC, it's like lowest end could literally be like a 10 year old, you know, Clarkdale chip or something. That's just a POS at this point with integrated graphics. And I, I can just see, like, I understand why they would want to do it because it just, it makes the entire experience worse for everybody by the worst thing. The bad thing about democracy is everybody gets the vote. Right. And it's very <laughs> similar to that. That's like somebody like, I don't even know what's going on. Who should I vote for? I don't know. I'll just randomly pick people to like, yeah, I, you know, go to all the political websites. It's just every, that same person has an input on both. So I can understand if they want, why they want to do it, but it sucks. It sucks to take old hardware and toss it. So I don't know if I'm rambling. It, it really but. does. It uh, really does. But 
So, but I will give Microsoft credit, you know, fully credit. And, I, and I'm checking this while I'm talking because I wanted to make sure I'm not talking out of my my bottom end here. Microsoft, it with Windows 11, is not building a 32-bit path. There, it's 64-bit only. And I I did not think that they would have the guts to do that. Really? Like, uh, well, because they build a lot of bitterness. Uh, Adam and I have have a former coworker, current coworker for me, who is still to this day bitter that his MacBook. Uh, has a power PC processor and that and that Apple said, get the hell out of here. You're, you're we don't care about you. You are dead to us. Get in line with your handlebar mustache and your ironic <laughs> suspenders and buy some new stuff. That's what he heard when Apple said no more power PC. And he's still bitter, still to this day, Gordon, bitter. Oh. And so I, I'm surprised that Microsoft had the guts to say no more 32 bit builds. I think that's great. And so, you know, so they're there. But I think that it's too far with TPM requirement and UFI secure boot. I, I think that cutting 32 bit path was good, but it, I think it's too much at once. Well, I, you know, you know, like uh, I, I just I know that person because the person you described, I swear to God, I work with. When I was at a previous employer and the, there was a web, he ran the website for the Macintosh branded magazine. He's that dude still clinging to that power PC. Yep. You know, that, 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 you know, like, you know that, but you know what? I will tell you that person like is bitterly angry, but they waited all the way for the M1X to come out to buy it. That's what we, I was, I did not want to do Intel. I, when the new app, that's. That's not what I was waiting for. That's I still have my integrity. That's a big. I didn't make a big jump. I swear to God, that person is going to go like M1X. Yeah. Oh boy, glad sure I waited for that. <laughs> Eight years. <laughs> but no, I I do think like yeah. I mean like they didn't cut off 32 bit. So no, I mean they did cut off 32 bit, but they didn't cut off 32 bit apps. Right. Apple just did no, that did what two years ago, which I yep. just kind of sucked. But they're they, you know like. That's like there's like always you the one bridge they can't cross and like losing 32 bit apps with like could you ever do it you know it's like I I don't know no. there's no way not on Windows not on Windows but then you how do you build this shiny new bright future where you're competing with Chrome OS and Mac OS and where it's basically you know iPad OS how do you compete with these modern these modern designs using the something that has so much legacy baggage you know baby steps like everything else i mean microsoft took some they, they take some leaps and bounds like every other version of windows um and then they take baby steps which is the the in-between versions like windows 10 and windows 7 those in-between stable incremental we're not going to break a whole bunch of stuff builds uh and that's why windows 10 like i, I still think like windows 7 is going to have a very long life um it, it's still going to be the go-to platform for a lot of folks and i'll give you the 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 my at least in my opinion the hallmark for this is a doomed new operating system is when oems allow you to choose which os comes pre-installed on the device mm -hmm. oh i haven't checked are there options yeah you're right that is definitely the when like oh yeah you can still get you can still get this no has that happened i have not looked is that i i haven't looked either but i remember with windows v word that was the case. You could get XP or V Word installed. When Windows 8 shipped, it was you could get Windows 7 or 8 shipped. Every other release, that's that to me, that's the hallmark. It's maybe not this quick. I would wait a month or two, but if Lenovo still lets you buy a laptop with with your choice of Windows 11 or 10, Windows 11 is doomed. <laughs> I just I I don't see it though. You know I I because I you know having lived through those I I mean I don't because I don't think Windows 11 has got that stink of failure on it yet. 
I don't see it yet. And I, it feels like we're sort of right. We're in a really, really important period. And the, it's not the crowd watching this or that watches YouTube videos on how to overclock. It's really the people going into big box stores to buy computers. If they, if they really, when they start hearing from their relatives, like, oh, you don't want Windows 11, then it's bad. But I don't think, I don't think it's going to get there. It feels like. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I hope not. I like Microsoft. I like Windows stuff. Uh, but I. So I hope not. But I don't know. Yeah, no. But I agree with you. If we get to the point where this is an option, but there's a lot of arm twisting. There's a lot of arm twisting by everybody. Microsoft OEMs, and it's sort of like yeah. they only do it when they really like. Yeah, you know, this is a this is a drag on business. We'll we'll we will only go your way if you will make up for the lost sales that we're going to get. Oh, and by yeah. the way, we really like you selling Surface. By the way. Thank you for selling computers to compete with us. <laughs> so. uh, uh, Mike Quinton gave us $45 Super Chat. Thank you so much. Really wow, appreciate it. Said, uh, what is the reason for Windows 11 not liking CSM or Secure Boot? What should we do with those settings? Uh, what's CSM? Uh, I think you have to have CSM off, right? To so yep. Yeah, you have to have CSM off for Secure Boot to work. And I think... That is some old-fashioned way to load up some other module that somebody threw on a motherboard using some legacy creaky system that should have been used with jukebox machines or something for some reason. So the CSM feature is, unless there's a piece of hardware that has to have it, I mean, you might as well, but probably it's a higher-end board. Only the higher-end boards had CSM as an option in in the BIOS, which I know everybody will say, no, it's UFI. But, um, yeah. I'm going to guess. I don't know. You may have a better idea. No, I, I think you're you're dead on. I, I think if you um, if you have a device that supports UFI and, 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 uh, or BIOS, UFI mode and non-legacy. Sometimes it's labeled as like legacy boot, you know, allow legacy or don't allow legacy. Not allowing legacy is, is usually the, the key to that installation or, or, or that compatibility. So you might want to switch that and, and see if that works. And would you recommend running UFI mode over like some older sort of borderline boards may have legacy and, and UFI? You would definitely recommend UFI for security? It's, it's more secure and it's faster. So, yeah, I, I generally, if, if you have a choice, one or the other, yes, Yuffie, all the way, 100%. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, back when we were talking about uh, updates on unsupported devices, we, we had a bunch of people in the chat saying they're, they're already getting updates on this unsupported devices. Uh, Kamikaze13 said, uh, I, I run Windows 11 on unsupported Surface Book, and now I'm actually getting updates. Um, cool. You know. Good. Wow. I could not, good, good. I, I could not even get it to install on a on a fourth gen uh, surface pro because the intel the intel driver was a problem i couldn't get around so the intel driver didn't support you know uh, didn't pass the check so it wouldn't install it um i guess i should just do the end run install on that machine but okay um uh, we have a very pointed one from i don't know how to say this uh suroru su Something like that. Uh, asked a question earlier. Uh, if an old Sandy slash Ivy Bridge system is running an up-to-date Linux distro, how much effect are old firmware security flaws in stuff like the management engine going to have? Firmware-based attacks and 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 um, things of that nature could the the vector is is you know from a purist security perspective equal. So I would say that that's still a potential vulnerability that you have with with those architectures, even on 
Linux or or God forbid you install Mac uh, Mac OS like like raw on on PC architecture, which you could do. It's not trivial, but you could do it. it it's if the firmware, if the underlying architecture still has vulnerabilities, you still have vulnerabilities. Mm. Uh, okay, well, to to get to the Linux and, and Mac OS stuff, because <laughs> I wanted to, is it that much more secure, Mike? Is, oh, is wait, wait. More Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll explain oh, okay. it to you way in, in the way the internet would explain it to you. Well, you Please. know what? I'm running a Mac. I don't have to worry about the security problems you have. Or yeah, Linux. That, 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 that's that's, well, that's great one, that yes. you feel that way, typical internet user, because the hackers love it when you think that your Mac is invulnerable to hacking and your Mac is only vulnerable to the wishes of Steve Jobs from beyond the grave <laughs> when he's not satisfied with what you're doing with your hipster handlebar mustache use of your Mac. But you know what? Mac OS, Linux, Unix, you know, BSD, whatever, whatever you got, Android, Windows new, Windows old, it doesn't matter. It's all much of a muchness to an attacker. Those are just different platforms. But at the end of the day, they all still have vulnerabilities. There are all still reported code vulnerabilities. I could tell you horror stories about Mac OS vulnerabilities. Um, Mac, or I'll be, I'll be very fair though to Apple. Uh, in Apple's defense, Apple has a much better uh, PR and damage control team than Microsoft does. So when there are massive, horrible drive a, a truck through it kind of vulnerabilities in macOS, you don't hear about them as much because Apple has a very, very good approach to dealing with that type of communication and they have more zealots that follow them. And I, and I don't say zealot in a bad way. I say zealot in a way of, you know, everybody has something that they're a fan of and that thing can do no wrong. And so, but, but the reality from where I sit is they're all much of a muchness. You want to use a PC. If it does what you want it to do, it provides some amount of security, use it. You have a Mac, you want to use that. If it provides some amount of security, it's, it's the false sense of security that becomes a major problem for Mac users. And Apple actively encourages that. You take your, your, your MacBook Pro to, to the genius bar. Genius bar. With, <laughs> there's so many things wrong with that term. Don't get me started. But you take it to the genius bar. They're not allowed to say the word malware or virus. Really? When, when you're, yeah. Oh, yeah. What they can say, what they can tell you is that you have unwanted software on your computer. That's no shit. I, I, I swear. And, and so they'll fix the unwanted software problem. Now I want to but, take a machine totally infected with every single thing you can to the genius bar. Just to- you, you'll be a sad panda when you get out of that place, man. Because <laughs> they're going to zap the pram, which is like a thing that we used to do 20 years ago. And they're, they're just going to level and reinstall the OS because we don't know exactly what's wrong, but that's what's wrong. Uh, and I'm... And that's what they're trained. I don't blame the individuals at the Genius Bar. As a, as a corporation, Apple's philosophy is we don't get viruses, we don't get malware, we don't have problems. Our stuff's great. And so, again, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody that wears that shirt, works at that place. I think they're doing what they're trained to do, and they probably believe. But at the end of the day, does Windows get viruses? Short? I mean, one of the most common languages for writing malware is Java. Does Java run on Max, of course it does. Does Java run on your phone, regardless of the operating system? Of course it does. So it, it's all the same. Hmm. Yeah. No. It's. I just am surprised. Although I, now I that makes so much sense is that they are not they are forbidden because you know there's like things you cannot say in certain things. You know, like yep. 
but the fact that they can't even acknowledge the existence of it, that to me is really bad too, because every, I, I literally have had probably 50 people over the years that have said, well, I don't have to worry about security issues. I, I use a Mac. And well, come on. That's just not, that's just, and I mean, and before when it was like, yeah, sure. It was sort of like a safe place. Cause you know what? I, you want to make money. You're not going to go, you're not going to go tack one out of, you know, not 10 computers sold every year. Yep. You're going to go tack yep. the nine out of 10 sold every year. But I just, yep. but isn't that hurting their, their, your user base to, to continue to make people believe that it is more secure though? I mean, they still have people line up overnight to buy the new thing, man. You tell me. <laughs> well, but the, but I mean, clearly now I will say I'm I'm absolutely sure an M1 based Mac is way more secure than an uh, Intel x86 Mac, right? I mean, because it's it's new. The exploits would have to be fairly advanced to be attacking those. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I architecturally, if you're looking at that level architecturally way down deep in the, in the, in the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, you're hundred percent correct, but that's not how attackers attack those things. Yeah. No, no. I mean the weakness and I, and I guess that that's the thing is like, sorry, do you have, I, I cause we could talk for hours here, but I, I want to, it really is, it comes <laughs> down to a person and this comes down to, I don't care what kind of security you've constructed. You've got the brand new, whatever. If I click on that stupid box or I download this stupid thing or I get a call from somebody saying it's they're with that company and they need to they need to help yep. me because my computer has a virus and I, I do all the stuff they tell me. There's nothing that can stop that. Right. Right. So so so, Gordon, follow my link that I'm sending you an email and that will take <laughs> you to a place where you click a button and that will install the repair tool. And of course, what it's really installing is 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 a virtual desktop or, or remote desktop or some other thing or some random malware. Does that particular malware really care if you're running an M1X? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Right. Because you've done there the you same go. thing. You're, you're still giving them the password. Doesn't there's nothing that. Uh, well, uh, we, we got a, another $5 super chat from VC just, thank you so much. He said, uh, I, I believe hackers just don't target Linux because they aren't, f uh, enough fish in that pond to make it lucrative. Is that true? Is Linux actually the most secure one? It's a trick question, Adam. What the hell, man? <laughs> I'm sorry. All, all the same stuff we were just talking about applies because it's, it, it feels like at, a tarp at the end of the day. It's, it's the user, right? It's, it's not the yeah. actual hardware. But, yeah, you know, I stuff. think what gets mixed in that formula is if you really have picked up everything and moved to Canada and installed Linux, you are <laughs> you are just like you're not the average person just mashing buttons. Right. <laughs> so, I yep. mean, sort of like it's more generally if you're running Linux, you're way you're probably 10 times more sophisticated than the average person running a consumer OS. Right. Because, I mean, that kind of factors into it, too. So that sort Absolutely. of adds to security. And, and what are you doing with your computer? I mean, is 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 Notepad or Leafpad? Is that what you do with your computer, or do you run? You know, if you want to play games on a Mac, I, I hope you like Photoshop because that's the closest you get to a game. Mm -hmm. on, or, um, sorry, not on a Mac. Macs actually have some games now. But um, and and also to your point though, um, are, are are Linux computers more secure? There's there's less malware specifically targeted against. Linux computers, I would I would totally agree with that as an OS, but oftentimes the the malware does not target an OS in particular one versus the other. It does sometimes, but a lot of times it's written in an upper level language like Java, or it's just social engineering communication. You know, in, install this or download that, and and 
And how many, to your point, Gordon, how many Linux users um, understand, or first of all, use Linux, but then understand apt-get update and apt-get, uh, you know, full upgrade? How many of them actually understand maintenance and and, and and managing? And then you're at, oh, this, oh, I'm not even going to do this. I'm just going to dangle this out there and then pull it back. And now we have to decide whether open source software is more secure than closed soft source software. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's the fun one. Is it? Boom. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be, because you know, everybody, everybody, you know, it's all out there. Everybody can examine it to see what the weaknesses are. But then also, it's also out there so everybody can examine how to attack it, right? So I could just check in a, a, a down-level uh, intentional vulnerability to something that compiles into an up-level. It's called a, a kill chain. It's a, it's, a, it's a more common term than it used to be. Uh, oh, your your app that you have that that's trusted and everybody uses on Linux it is it's built on a bunch of other repos that are built on a bunch of other repos and so i'll go to one of those repos that nobody's watching that nobody really cares about that's abandoned and i'll check in a vulnerability and it gets compiled and compiled and compiled mm-hmm. and- yikes well and, and this uh, the, the uh, youtube chat is screaming at me a little bit because uh, <laughs> guess what a lot of people are there's a lot of Linux on the internet. Ninety uh, percent of servers run on Linux, so you know. Our, our, I know okay. we're talking about consumer here. You know, does the same thing apply to server? Are people intentionally attacking servers? And I mean, hey, Facebook just went offline the other day. I I didn't know what to do with myself. So was that because they were attacking Linux? <laughs> So wow, you're just going to drop that Facebook uh, uh, and then and pull it back. Yeah, I ultimately with Linux, it's not more or less secure than anything else. I don't think I and and this is very much everybody's right, everybody's wrong. It's a philosophical conversation, but I don't. I, I think complacency kills any security uh, approach, whether it's Linux or Mac or or PC. And and I know the Linux folks are probably saying, well, duh, of course, obviously. But on the Windows side, oftentimes that's the vulnerability. There have been many exploits, many compromises on the Windows side where there were patches available three months in advance, six months in advance, a year in advance, and people just didn't deploy them. Would that be the same on Linux if there was a known vulnerability in OpenSSL, for example, uh, and and people just didn't patch their servers and say, oh, well, Linux sucks because it's not it's it's not secure, it's vulnerable. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a known vulnerability that you were supposed to be you know, it, incorporating into your maintenance and, and you didn't, it's the same. It, it's, it's, I, I think it's the same. It's still the end user. Yeah. It's or administrator in more of a Linux context, oh. more the administrator um, or sysadmin, whatever you want to say. I, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of just proper care and feeding and maintenance of, of all of this stuff and, and everything becomes more secure. Can I, I'm going to inject a question here because I, I want to ask you, you've been doing this for a long time as well, concentrating in security. What the hell, man? It's like you're like, I don't know what it is with the world with security people, but security people are the dentists of the world, right? Let's be honest. The techniques. Let's be honest. They really are. Why are. I deserve this shit. What? Yeah, I want to know why. Why are security people seen as the dentist of the world, right? Why, why is that? It's like, I, I don't want to deal with this. Really? I got to, you got to cut out half my mouth because I didn't, but it's like, but nobody ever goes like, well, yeah, I'm going to happily do, do all the, but why, why is security always seem as so unseemly and the, like the very the last thing you ever want to like, like we take, when there's a huge problem, we take you out of the box, we put you on, 
on the new shows. You talk, or oh, they're gone. Put them back in the box. Put the lid on it, and then like, because why is security always just like the dentist of the world? And dentists because are great. We they are, do a great service. But I, I know why. It's because we're interfere on with your good time. We we <laughs> we get in the way of your good good fun time. Uh, you don't want to hear that robot blocks is 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 got malware all chalked through it because you're busy playing robot blocks, right? Because you because you're eleven and 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 that's cool. I, I don't have a problem with that. But when you hear, oh my god, this 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 installs malware and that that you hear it from us because we're the ones that know because we're the ones that do the research and find out um, a lot of times and then but we're telling you to do something that you want to do dentist tells you don't eat sugar all day brush your teeth floss they're, they're telling you things that you already what? know are the right thing but you don't want to do them i know i know <laughs> but but yeah so so we we are absolutely put there are we ever is is it always going to be a kind of a cat and mouse game is it always going to be a defenders do this and then attackers do that and then defend yes that that's going to be forever just like dentists always fight a game just like like police officers you could get new laws and new ways to enforce uh you know, laws and protect a citizenry but at the end of the day thieves are always going to find a way to thief um and and defenders are going to always you know it, it's just always going to be back and forth forever it's it's this eternal struggle computers are i don't think any different you just kill joyce like there's nothing like going to the dentist like right now like hey you know Halloween's coming up that's just made up by the candy industry it's like what <laughs> big candy <laughs> the big candy industry big sugar or something like that yeah no, no, absolutely. it's it's the uh, the the oil the cr- uh, the corn oil no the, anyway oh, uh, so they subsidized uh, all the the corn oil uh, no <laughs> uh, well the sham uh, along the same lines uh, uh, Shaman Kish said, uh, I'm pretty sure all those data leaks are not for real. Companies sell their clients' data and then just say that they've been hacked. Who is checking that? No one. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. That's yes. interesting. That's just why the dentists actually all own the candy companies. <laughs> it's true. That's how they make their money. That's why they, they keep the candy companies going. That's... I, Man, I, big dentistry. I I think yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's I'm in jest. Uh, people really go to prison for some things, and as you as you know, people I humans have a tendency to document their stupidity things all the time in email yeah. and text and like phone calls and patterns. Authorities can target. So I would think if you're a company selling information illegally and then faking it as a data breach as a public corporation somebody's going to go to club fed so that is i just don't think that's unless you have proof about that that's just simply like you know i i i wouldn't buy into that i if you have proof of it please send it to me because i would crack (laughs) that sucker wide open and then i would be on the new shows but let me tell you we'll put you back in the box i don't think (laughs) i don't think there's any proof that you could you could show me but i would love to do it if you had that proof Believe me, if you can have proof that the the data breaches from Twitch were was Twitch selling that information, call me right now. But <laughs> call me now, please. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I am absolutely sure nobody wants to go to prison for their company. So, um, well, uh, you know, some people, I guess, want to be the dentist of the computer world. Uh, we got a question from a friend of the show, Mike Brazone, said, uh, if you're entering college, computer science slash data science, ee. Uh, or computer platform security, what aspects of curriculum add value beyond the basic subject matter? 
How, how do you think so, people can be a dentist like you? Be a dentist like me. So good question. Um, I think, I think if you're passionate, that's 90% of this work. People, people that are in information security that love their stuff, that love what they do, that they get really into it. I, I think that they are, are tend to be much more successful. And I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people that see this as a, kind of a drudge thing. So per, I, I think a passion check would be the first thing that I would recommend. But in terms of studying, I think information security is going to be a career for a very, very, very long time, for probably about as long as we're using computers, um, because just just like being a police officer, being uh, you know, a soldier, it, it, it's just the way the world is. Um, are there concentrations in information security that you could get into uh, that, that are very profitable, that are very interesting, that are very that, that make you relatively valuable in the job market? Yes, definitely. But find your passion for some people love uh, penetration testing, you know, hacking, ethically hacking and looking for vulnerabilities. And that's that, that's a great field. Um, some folks are big fans of or, or some some jobs um, look for folks that are very versed in PKI and certificates. I would say that that's, in my experience, probably the field with the fewest folks that are willing to say, hey, I'm going to put on my resume. I uh, am really good at managing certificates and public key infrastructure because it's hard to get a lot of folks brains around. It's hard to do. But that means it's it's a great it's a great career because so few people have that skill. And so so many people need that skill, especially in corporate world. Mm. Um, but I would I would say I would start with what what are you passionate about first and, and focus on it. Mm. Nice. Uh, I, I do have a string of questions on on, on discord. Uh, if we can get to, to some of them real quick before we of course. clock out here. Do, do you have a, a hard out? I forgot to check Mikey. I, I got nowhere to, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to nerd out. I'm probably going to play some fork knife right after this. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> Atomic AJ 74, give us a four, $4 99 cent super chat. Thank you so much. I uh, said, uh, what do you think about those cybersecurity boot camps in quotes? Uh, I keep seeing ads for it's like six months and cost $10,000. Sounds crazy. high to me. <laughs> maybe maybe you shouldn't ask me that question maybe you should ask somebody else <laughs> you have a vest, vested interest in teaching so you're the wrong guy huh no no no, no, no not, no, not that I, i'm 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 always of two minds of it i i would talk to other folks that have been through that particular school that particular curriculum but i think that that those boot camps a lot of times they're selling you a package of certification they're selling you answers to tests or or practice answering tests so that you come out of it with a lot of certifications and a lot of credentials and absolutely no understanding and even less passion because you've almost been um, disenfranchised with that whole you know thing because you had to learn some specific nuance of it, like how to take an exam about it. I, I would, again, I, I think that you can learn from it, but I would, I would say all of those boot camps can be somewhat different if it's focused purely on certification. If everything it says is you get this credential and this cert and this achievement when you get out and you unlock this this achievement and blah 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 and that look at that really carefully versus we we give you a holistic kind of uh, training and education and it's immersive, but we don't just focus on credentialing and certification. Uh, we focus on the knowledge and the skill. Um, those are the ones that I would think probably have a, a greater value long term. Okay. Uh, here's a good one from No Cloud. Uh, I'm going to add a little bit to it. Um, 
they were uh we we talked about them on the show a couple of weeks ago about how uh, they're they have a, a version of windows that's all cloud based um you know that that they're kind of touting around yep. uh, is the cloud really more sec- uh, secure than on premise mike no okay well, that was the easy one <laughs> is it because I mean, it's just too difficult getting to your cloud data is the issue then so well if the os is running in the cloud you have to have an os locally connect to the cloud right yeah. Boom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> VC Jester has a, a real question for Mike. Uh, how hard would it be for telecommunication companies to actually put a stop to uh, voice over IP robocalls that spoof phone numbers? They would have to invest uh, heavily. So, so hard, like like hard work. What I would call hard work: research, creating new thing. Not very uh, expenditure, like losing money on the calls that they carry, as well as spending money on the infrastructure to block them because the phone system is inherently designed to not be secure. And and we have to remember that fundamentally computer or the, the, the entire phone system never designed to be secure. It would be expensive. It would actually be very expensive for them to do so. And, and I'm not saying they're they're happy about robocalls, but I'm saying they have a very big trade off decision to make. You know, they're, they're, they're going to lose a lot of money and a lot of a lot of. Uh, yeah, they're going to lose a lot of money. Uh, by blocking those, spending money to block them, as well as losing money call- carrying those calls. Mm. But capability, could they? Yeah, absolutely they could. Is it similar to mag stripes and chips on credit cards? Because <clears throat> they were so resistant to replacing mag stripes for you know two decades, even though they were losing you know tens of millions of dollars in fraud to credit card companies. And then eventually they get boiled to the point where they have to do it, or was that just... Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly that's a great analogy is, you know, eventually if it's cheaper to just pay the loss in Magstripe compromise versus put some new chip requirement in there, hmm. then, of course, they're, they're companies, they're publicly traded companies. Their job as a publicly traded company, I know it sounds non altruistic, is to make money. And if it's cheaper to, to just pay out the insurance then they pay out the insurance, if it's cheaper to pay the robocall fees for the U.S. government in the United States than it is to implement new infrastructure, then of course that's what they're going to do, and that's what they've been doing for a very long time. It's cheaper to just pay the fees, um, and and again, not saying that in a negative way. A publicly traded company's job is to just make money, and and so they they do that as well as they can. I'm surprised they haven't tried to turn that into a revenue stream. Because I swear to God, I would pay four ninety nine to my carrier to like I want to be on the special one where you filter out all the auto warranty calls. I don't even care about the <laughs> other ones, just the auto warranty ones. I yeah. would pay four ninety nine to like for that. I would too, actually. I think out. so. That revenue stream. <laughs> uh, here's a good one from a friend of the show, Dark Helmet. Uh, seeing oil pipelines and other sorts of critical infrastructure being hacked makes me wonder why are these things on the public internet? Are they even? First comment, Dark Helmet. You have an awesome screen name. <laughs> uh, so, second thing, uh, most of them are not. Frequently, they are not. A lot of times, they're 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 configured to to be publicly accessible from a mistake, like like bad administration, bad configuration. Contractor comes in, doesn't know that this is not supposed to connect to that, and and doing the right thing in their mind, they they do that thing. Um, so so oftentimes, that's that's simply a combination of human error and then focused attackers that are looking for anything that they can do to turn a, a dime and and ransomware attacks and and extortion attacks, things like that. Again, those those hackers 
wherever they are, whatever they're doing, they're just trying to make a dime. They're just trying to make money. I'm not saying it's okay because I'm not a big fan of them, <laughs> but critical infrastructure, I, I, I do a lot of work with, with critical infrastructure IT folks. They almost always keep critical infrastructure completely isolated, like logically isolated. But even with things like air gapping where, where systems don't touch public networks, there's always vulnerabilities. And, and if you want to read more on that, I'll, I'll, I'll just drop this reference and I'll let it go. But if you want to read more on like you know critical infrastructure being breached uh, without any kind of logical connection, look up Stuxnet, S-T-U-X-N-E-T, and and you'll see that that's always a possibility. It, it's harder, but it's always possible. Well, you know, which, it, it reminds me. I uh, on the way to work today, I found a, a 64 gig thumb drive on the street. Like somebody just like left it. They lost it. It was great. I, I can't wait to plug it into my, Pop it right my rig. In your yeah. Machine? Oh man. Did you keep Open it? I, I kept it. I'm so excited. It's a really cool looking one. You know, I. Are you, who who are would you... just leave it behind? It's... Oh, so you're just kidding? Because I'm, I'm just kidding. I have actually had that happen. I picked up a Sandisk <laughs> USB key. It's like, oh, this is cool. I put it in a plastic bag. It is still sitting by my desk. I've not. <laughs> put it into any machine but i've been meaning to at some point you know build a box fire it up you know, fire it up just to see what's on oh, you know i should plug it into the system right now live see what it does i'm just yeah and that yeah. was <laughs> that is so sophisticated though i mean that so that was an intel they believe that was an intelligence uh, agency um stuck then right that was they believe that was intelligence agency behind that but the, uh, does that happen to normal infrastructure here i mean it, it's it's risk reward, Gordon. It's how much is it worth versus. I mean, look at I, I think it was City of Baltimore last year got ransomware for an enormous amount of money, um, and and they were at a standstill for for a very long time. I mean, it, because there's a lot of revenue to be had. So so was that attack a random click or was it a, an an in depth uh, espionage style attack? It it could have been either. I don't know. I know Target. You know, the Target breach was just a mistaken click. That's a, it wasn't like a nefarious thing. It was somebody clicked on the wrong thing. It happens both ways, really. And the tools are just genius. I wrote about this USB. Uh, it was a it was a lightning charging cable USB built to look exactly like a lightning cable. Inside of it was, and you can buy these things on 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 Hack Five dot com, I think. But it's a it's got a it's got a it's got a built in server, and you basically can inject code and be nearby over either either Bluetooth or Wi Fi. I think, and it's just like. I mean, it looks exactly the same. Somebody just it's plugs cool, it into it? your. It's amazing. I mean, that's why. I mean, you have to. You have to respect it. I. I. That's the thing. Is like you. You can build a better mousetrap, but that mouse is going to get smarter, right? It's going to have lasers on its head pretty soon. But that mouse is always going <laughs> to figure laser out a way. beams. Freaking mice with freaking laser beams, <laughs> right? Because there's where there's you know there's the reward yeah. is so good on these things. It's just. Uh, I got a question in chat earlier uh, when we were talking about uh, education stuff. Uh, what Wong Sakuldej, sorry, uh, <laughs> asked, uh, does writing is is writing code necessary necessary for say, a cybersecurity job or a script junkie all you need to be? Um, neither. You you don't have to write code. You don't have to write a line of code. You don't have to be a script junkie. You don't have to do any of that stuff to be in cybersecurity because there's so many aspects. Some folks uh, focus very much on uh, lockpicking as as part of infiltration or or pen testing. Some folks, and there's an enormous, actually even much, much bigger, social engineering. There are plenty of people in, in, in information security that focus on social engineering, and that's their primary skill. There's an awful lot of folks that never write a line of code. It's a very common misunderstanding. So if you're not a big fan of coding, 
and and you want to work in information security, don't definitely don't let that stop you. If you want to work with those tools and you want to develop them and, and code your own stuff, that door is f- absolutely open for you as well. Yeah, for people who don't know, social engineering is where you get the call saying they're the power company and you've got a gas leak and I need your account information. So, I mean, I, that's yep. just the, the weakness is always the bio bag, right? It's the idiot sitting here in front of the keyboard that's always <laughs> screwing it up. There's just no way. Nerder, Why don't they just replace us with AI? That's what they need is the AI just for this, like, I know this is not real call, you know? <laughs> bio bag. Uh, so dumb. We're just always so dumb. You can't. I. You click on it. Sometimes you you know don't click on it, and you're like, "Ooh, it's so pretty." I'm going to click but, on the window anyway. But, just. But but I want to click on uh, it. But just, I want to uh, give that person my credit card. Oh my number. god! And there's always just like, oh, and you just like that microsecond you realize after it's like, oh no, how do I? And you you know you kill the machine or something. It's just like everybody yep. every. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, uh, Gordon. Do you, have, do you have any more questions? I, I, I got two left. I, I got two questions. All right, go for it. First one, serious, um, and <laughs> that is because I really believe in the power of language. You know, when Spectre Meltdown came out, a lot of people said, "Well, look at this. It's, it was a security flaw in the Intel design, right?" Okay. Is it really? I mean, can we really call that a security flaw, or is that just simply, oh, damn? I never thought somebody would break in that way, right? I didn't think you would take a saw and cut through my wall to get into my house. That's just not a normal way you break in. But is that a flaw? I didn't build my house out of concrete blocks, or is that just simply nobody? Really, you know, when these new things are coming, I think companies so are so afraid of it because they go like, "Well, clearly it's a flaw. It's a bad. You screwed up." Where it's just like, "Well, hell, we never anticipated somebody break in like that." I mean, is it what? What do we call those in 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 a real? What's a, what's a good we, word to call it? The, the proper word for that is vulnerability. And vulnerability can be design limitation. It can be design oversight. It can be poor implementation. It could be um, uh, unexpected conditions like buffer overrun and, and things like that. Any of that. Vulnerability is the rightest word for that. And, and all of those are vulnerabilities. Okay, because, you know, the press, we love it like, oh, it's a flaw. Oh, my God, you, you didn't foresee this happening. Well, yeah, who would? But uh, the other one, this is the not serious question, but I just want I want to know, because I have long, I've been fighting Microsoft Outlook, like, forever. But okay. what is the, so, like, if you're at Microsoft, you're a longtime Microsoft, if you're at Microsoft yep. and you screw up badly, is is the Outlook division where they send you? Sorry if you're watching this and you work on the Outlook oh. division. I got problems with you. <laughs> like it's like you like you look around and everybody on your team came from the iTunes division at Apple. Is saying something. But so I'm probably going to get my butt kicked uh, in 87 different ways for this. But I'm going to answer your question in a very genuine way. At the top tier of the Microsoft food chain is the product groups, the people that create the software developers, testers, program managers, documentation to some degree um, at, at the top tier. Uh, the people that j- bring in the revenue like sales and marketing, they are they are at, at a different tier, but in a similar kind of structure. The very, very, very bottom uh, of, of where you get sent, at relegated, if you will, uh, at Microsoft is tier one inbound tech support calls. Oh, 
that's where you go. When, when you've done the wrong thing, you take inbound calls and you take them on consumer products. Like you get on there and you have to take the calls for Ooh. my Microsoft flight simulator doesn't work. I'm trying to fly up and it goes on a flip. And, and, and my grandson said he fixed it, but it doesn't work anymore. And can you fix it? That that's though that's where you go. That's hell at Microsoft. Okay, I, I think it's more like, hey, my computer won't turn on. Why won't it turn on? I told it to turn on. <laughs> I told it. I press the foot pedal that says Microsoft that has the buttons on it, and it key. I press yeah. it. I see one on on Gordon's desk. I I press I'm, that I'm, thing with my feet. It didn't turn on. I'm typing. I, yeah. I'm typing on the keyboard on, <laughs> and it's not turning on. <laughs> Okay. Well, I always figured it was Outlook, but yeah, you're right. I know that would definitely. <laughs> I can make these filters that don't work right, but it's not better than answering calls from support. That's where I started. I mean, honestly, at Microsoft, I started in tier one inbound tech support. This is a very, very long time ago. And when you, and it was word support. And when you've got somebody that says, I can't mail merge, what's wrong? And, and that's how it starts. Or I can't print. I've heard those three words so many times that is hell think about that i can't print a uh, uh, friend of the show dave weldon says uh, have you plugged in your monitor there's the there's the first question did you power it on the box it's on yeah wait wait <laughs> the emails are inside the box we... whoa <laughs> slow down there genius <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's a good one. Um, uh, Pack NW over on Discord is my my last serious question, deadly okay. serious question, and then I've I've got an even more serious question after that. Uh, Mister White Hat Buddy of Adam, that's Mikey. Uh, is Windows Defender good enough that third party AV software is not needed and maybe even a waste? What about Windows Firewall? So the, the same answer for Windows Firewall and for uh, Microsoft Defender. Uh, or any antivirus software. It, it's taken me, it's a great question. It took me many years in this industry to come up with a, a, a good answer, a solid answer that I'm comfortable with. And the answer is any anti-malware software that you have installed and running on your computer is the best anti-malware software that you could possibly have. Hmm. Doesn't matter. I mean, I, because all of them at some point in their history are great and all of them are bad. All of them are performant. All of them have bad performance. All of them have great signatures. All of them have bad. It just depends on when you look at it, which product. And Gordon's nodding emphatically. So he's probably reviewed some of these. And so he knows it goes up and down, left to right. But ultimately, as long as you've got something protecting you that's on and, and up to date, it's way, 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 way better than not. So I don't have a preference. How about layering? What, what's your opinion on layering? Like I don't having know what mul multiple oh. multiple uh, products on top of each other to, or do they just get um, in each other trying to be to shine to show off? The record number I've ever seen on one computer. I I, <laughs> uh, I had a friend ask me to take a look at their computer. He had eleven anti malware oh. products all enabled on the same computer at the same time, and they were fighting over malware because he got malware and they were fighting about it. They were like the semantic would take it. And then Kaspersky would say, no, 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 that's malware. You can't move that. I'm moving it back. And then, and, and, and I mean, literally like this, this, it was, it was really unpleasant. I have seen so, that situation myself. That's funny. So, there you go. There, there's a, there's a trade-off. I think at least one, one is probably the right number. No less than one, no more than one. That's my opinion. <laughs> oh my, wow. That's hilarious. Uh, okay. Then my last serious, serious, serious question. Question. I genuinely do don't do not know this. I did not ask Mikey ahead of time. Oh boy, Mike, which is the better movie, Alien or Aliens? 
Hmm. That might be the hardest question I've ever been asked live. And don't worry for the translation. Say, Answer it honestly. <laughs> alien. <laughs> Woo! Oh, and I'll tell you why. That's why I'm a winner. Wait, wait, there's some. Wait, I hear. I hear the basketball on the ground leaking some air out. It's going. Aliens. Aliens. Hey, soccer time. When I was very young, my uncle took me to see Alien in the theater when it first came out. That, that's how old I am. And, and I was a very young man. We went. It was in North Miami Beach, Florida. I remember 163rd Street Mall. We went in there. We saw Alien. And the second that facehugger jumped out, I ran screaming out of the theater. <laughs> and my uncle had to come out and take me home because I would not go back in the theater. That's how petrified I was of that movie. So partially, I think it's an amazing movie. But partially, I have a very strong emotional connection to the memory of me seeing that film. Because uh, and I, I still like it was yesterday. I remember running out of that theater. So that's why I think Aliens is also a great movie in a very different context. It's a very different kind of movie. I, I think it's an outstanding movie. I'm going to buy the Alien, uh, Aliens rather Nerf Blaster that's on sale. Um, uh, the, the special Ed Gordon's nodding. I so ordered exactly mine. <laughs> I already <laughs> ordered it exactly. So I'm I'm a fan of both, but Alien just has a special connection for me. Okay, that's fine. That's that's a fair. I mean, I I suppose you so know. That's- that's why I have the belt. If a movie makes you poop your pants when you're a kid, that's that's yeah, exactly. that's a reasonable. That's a reasonable. <laughs> uh, also, uh, real quick, uh, Lasalle Rhymes the third friend of the show gave us five dollars super chat. Said, "Great show today. Thank you for doing it, uh, Mikey. It, it was awesome having you here, and especially talk about security. I, I feel like we don't talk about it enough, and I've been meaning to have you on. So uh, I'm, I'm glad glad you stopped by. I'll come on back whenever you like. I've had a blast. I haven't laughed this hard in a long time, especially in the the after times now or the during <laughs> times. So it's always nice to have a little bit of fun yep. and levity. So thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming. Uh, I'm going to take us out, Adam. Unless yep, please, we're... please. Well, actually, is there anything you would like to plug? Maybe people buy your uh, your handbook on on how to hack oh, yeah. Windows 95. Uh, uh, I'm not a salesperson or a product spiffing person, but I do like the taste of. Icelandic ultra blue water. It tastes like a <laughs> volcano. Is that a is that a TI ninety nine four A down on the bottom on your right shoulder? On my right shoulder. Lower. No. The oh, that? oh, I I yeah. thought it was the outline of a, a Sinclair, but no. Oh no 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 no! I have all kinds of crazy stuff, but not that. I oh. have salad fingers. New salad fingers came out last week. Oh my god! New salad. I fingers. don't even know what that is. Oh. I do miss ThinkGeek. I do miss ThinkGeek, but... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember we discussed Frozen CPU and ThinkGeek the first time we met, Gordon. Um, yeah, long time ago. The website is still up, though. That's the, the interesting thing. It's got, like, five things on it, though, right? I think it's just sort of, like, frozen in time. Like, it's just caught in the Matrix. Because it's, like, <laughs> it's got stuff you would buy for a Pentium 4 system. And it's just, like, this is... It's really... Uh, really, really confusing. So, uh, we are going to wax right, offline. We are going to yep. talk more about the old days, but check back next week for your fix up PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And also, please do leave a review if you're on one of those services. Every time you do, some uncle brings their kid to a movie they should not be seeing. <laughs> Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Nunn with Mike. Dan Siglio. 
Thank you for having me. <laughs> and Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off switch. Uh, we got a, a last minute chat from uh, from Lindsay Murray. She says, "Mikey is the coolest ever." I agree. See it. Thanks. Bye.